0: Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the X Factor Sports Podcast, episode 10. Appreciate you guys for tuning in on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Thank you guys so, so much. Hope you guys have been enjoying season one. We got three more episodes, and then we are out on the season two. But tonight, we are on episode 10, episode X. And I want this to be one of the best episodes, one of my favorite episodes. I want you guys to tune in this is an episode where we can interact comment i'm gonna post your comments on the screen i'm gonna shout you guys out we got some debate topics some discussion topics i want to go ahead and tap into everybody and i want to see how y'all feel about the questions that will be asked but before we get into all that we're going to get into some quick news and then we get into our topics as always so quick news that we got going on we have deandre hopkins he signs his deal or well, he is agreed to sign a deal with the Tennessee Titans. How do you guys feel about that? Me, honestly, I think there were better choices for him. I feel like he could have went to a lot of different places. He ends up going to Tennessee in the middle of a quarterback battle. I mean, they're dealing with, you know, Will Levis will play as a rookie. They have Malik Willis, who played last year, did a pretty good job when Ryan Tannehill got hurt. And then, of course, they still got Tannehill. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with those three quarterbacks. And Tennessee has kind of been a laughing stock. They've been called, you know, the place where wide receivers go to die. (laughs) Uh, With Randy Moss going there, with AJ Brown leaving, with Julio Jones going there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Luke Hopkins being a five-time all pro going to Tennessee. I know he talked about wanting to go to a team that had a winning culture, give him an opportunity to go to the playoffs. Yes, the Titans make it to the playoffs in that division, but how far will they make it with the quarterback situation? So we'll see. Next thing we got is Saquon Barkley did not sign his franchise tag. The negotiations stalled out before the deadline. So what will Saquon Barkley and the Giants do? He's talked about, not playing. He's talked about sitting out, pulling the Le'Veon Bell card. I don't think he will. But he said in another interview that he has that card that he can pull and just say, I don't want to play this season. You guys aren't paying me. I don't want to play under a tag. You know, and quietly, probably smaller circles, he's probably telling his boys, like, Daniel Jones? Like, Daniel Jones ain't the reason we go into the playoffs. He's not the reason that we or the offense that we are. Saquon Barkley carries about 40% of that offense. And for him to not have a contract, I understand it's a passing league, but you have to reward the guys that fulfill the obligation to the team. And I feel like he should be one of those guys that should go ahead and get that contract. So he's going to sit probably. I don't think he will, but he can't play that card. Negotiations stalled, franchise tag. We'll keep y'all updated on how that goes. Next thing that happened over the weekend, uh, Carlos Alcaraz beat Novak Djokovic in Wimbledon final. The number one versus number two in the world. Looks like it's a changing of the guard with Carlos Alcaraz winning. Actually dropped the first set, got dominated the first set six to one, and then came back and won it in five. It was a great match if you didn't see it. Wimbledon finals are always good male or female. So shout out to Carlos Alcaraz going up against a Titan. One of the GOATs in tennis in Novak Djokovic stopped the winning streak. I think Djokovic had like a 43 match winning streak. Went all the way to like 2019 since he lost in Wimbledon. Dominated that. He dominated that major and Alcaraz was able to go ahead and get the, the victory from him. Another young up-and-coming tennis player. Hopefully some American males can take the reins. We'll see. We talked about it on the last episode, where the Americans at. So hopefully we get some of those, but congratulations to him, winning in six in five sets after dropping the first one. Another thing happened over the weekend, WNBA All-Star game. It was history being made. It was a great All-Star game. Started with a three-point contest. Sabrina Inescu winning the three-point contest in the final round getting a record 37 points in the three-point contest final. She made 25 out of 27 shots, just set on automatic, even enough to challenge Steph Curry in the three-point contest because of how she dominated in that one. That'll be interesting to see if that ever happens. But yeah, made 25 out of 27 threes to win the three-point contest. And then the next day we have the all-star game. Jewel Lloyd wins the all-star game MVP with a record 31 points in the All-Star game. Team Brianna Stewart beats Team Asia Wilson 143-127. to Pretty fun and exciting game. Brittany Griner played. Obviously, she got the standing ovation for being back. She got a dunk in the game. But it was a lot of snipers, three-point shooting. It was a lot of fun to watch. So congrats to the ladies on that. And moving over to the ladies again, something else real quick. The 2023 Women's FIFA World Cup starts tomorrow. We're going to find out if the USA women's soccer team can three-peat in the World Cup. They won it back in 2015 and 2019. They will be looking to three-peat. A lot of those women are veterans that have been on those teams since 2015. And this is kind of their swan song, last World Cup, so it'll be a... Great honor to see them go ahead and three p three World Cup titles in a row for the USA women's team. Let's see if they can go get that. It'll be in Sydney, Australia. Like I said, starting tomorrow. Different time zones. Probably gotta get up early. Set your alarm clock if you want to catch those matches. But be rooting for the USA women's to bring home a 3 p Today's topics, we're gonna talk about the NFL. We're gonna, I'm gonna give you because this is a special episode, episode 10, episode X. For my Roman numeral lovers out there, this is gonna be an X-Factors episode. We're gonna talk NFL and NBA. The reason why I call it the X-Factor episode is because with the NFL season around the corner here in the next few weeks, training camps is starting, preseason will be starting in a month. We're gonna talk about the top X-Factors by position and units in the NFL going into 2023. We're not going all time. We're not going my lifetime. We're going into the 2023 season, my X-Factor players by position and units in the NFL. In the NBA, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to do X-Factor players by position. We're going to do two teams by position. So I'm going to give you point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center as team one, and then the X-Factor second team in the NBA. That's what we're going to talk about. And Then, of course, we get into one of the great segments at the end of two-minute warning. But before we get into all of that we're going to talk something about we're going to talk about the WNBA. Now, the WNBA had an opportunity to capitalize on what they did this weekend. They had a historic WNBA All-Star game, a historic three-point contest but you didn't hear anything about it after Monday afternoon, Monday night. And I think they're doing these ladies a disservice, promoting the league, being the WNBA, they're professional basketball players in the in the U.S., but they don't just they don't get the love that I feel like they should get. And I think a lot of it is because of how the, the league is marketed. It's not marketed like the NBA, and it should be. Of course, they don't get paid as much, But because they don't draw enough attention, therefore, more marketing needs to be had. So, like I said, record-breaking weekend. Sabrina broke. she didn't only break a record for the WNBA three-point contest, for all three-point contests, NBA as well. She made 25 out of 27 threes in the final round of the three-point contest, 37 points. And I feel like it was not celebrated. People scrolled past it on social media. It got a couple clicks on the on the big networks, and that was it. Steph Curry winning the golf, a charity golf tournament, got more love than the WNBA All-Star Weekend, which is crazy to me. I feel like they need to get more involvement with other sports. They need to get more people to interact with them. And it starts by marketing your best players. A player like Sabrina Inescu, up-and-coming players should be marketed like like a Zion Williamson, like a like a Lamelo Ball, a John Morant, and you don't see any commercials with her. You don't see any the NB the WNBA is not pushing these young athletes. The Aliyah Boston's will probably win Rookie of the Year. She was a rookie All Star. You don't see anybody talking about that unless you're into the WNBA. You know, Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson, two MVP candidates this year going head-to-head. Like, nobody's marketing that matchup. If y'all remember back in like 2000, from like 2008 to 2010, the NBA pushed Kobe versus LeBron like it was the end of the world. They made commercials. If y'all remember the little puppet commercials they made, Nike was pushing them both, the two Nike athletes. So even Nike understood the moment by pushing LeBron in. Kobe to see if they would actually mean the NBA finals. And that was such a big marketing push for like a three-year run. It never happened, but the push was there and they both delivered. LeBron was winning MVPs. Kobe was winning rings and finals MVP. So two players at the top of their game and all of the endorsements were being pushed that way and pushing the sport. I feel like the WNBA has an opportunity to do the same thing with Stewie and with Asia Wilson. Asia just won a WNBA championship. Brianna Stewart just went back home to New York playing for the Liberty. She's probably the top MVP candidate. They're probably the two best players in the game. East and Western conferences. They might meet in a WNBA final. And there's no push to to gravitate us towards that with basketball in the summertime. You know, the, the rookie summer league getting more love than the WNBA, which is crazy to me. So... I want you guys to let me know what you think. If you're commenting, you know, get on here, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Let me know what you think. The WNBA, how can they push the sport forward? How can they get more advertisement? How can they brand? How can they get the players more involved into the media just like they do the NBA? Again, more promotion for the marquee games. There was a game on this morning at 10 a.m it's a Wednesday morning and they have professional basketball in America on TV. It's, it's ridiculous. So why are they not getting primetime games? You know, why are the best players not being promoted? It just seems like a problem to me The WNBA needs to get fixed. Um, more WNBA commercials. So, so young girls can see these players. Like we love the NBA growing up because we saw the NBA players. I grew up in a time where Cable, and globalization of the, of the game was, was getting big. The 92 Dream Team, so the game was getting global. I remember NBA inside stuff, Saturday mornings, watching a jam session, watching Amara Shar interview the best players. Like that was, the NBA was just pushing the sport and pushing the individual athlete to make you wanna go watch them. And that's what made it big in the 90s. David Stern did a great job as commissioner pushing the NBA. And I feel like the WNBA is not doing that at all. It's like a second class sport with games being played at 10 a.m. Like the NBA went from being tape delayed in the finals to being the thing to watch three days a week on multiple channels all over the world. And they had a slogan when we were growing up. You know, they did NBA, it's fantastic. They had commercials for the NBA. And I just wish more of that came along with the WNBA as well. Be something to look forward to for these young girls that are trying to play sports. To have something tangible to see every day in prime time. Something to look forward to like we had as kids. Hopefully they bring that back for them. So when we come back to the X-Factor Sports Podcast Episode 10, we will get into the NFL X-Factor players coming into 2023 and the units. We will be right back with the X-Factor Sports Podcast. Jip. Them in. The X Factor Sports Podcast. The X Factor Sports Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Appreciate you guys tapping in. I'm your host, Jay Mondane. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. Again, like I said, special episode for you guys. We got episode 10. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about the NFL getting into the season. We're going to talk about my X Factor players at skill positions and the units. For those of you who don't know what I mean by units, that's when I'm talking about the defensive line or the offensive line, secondary, Like those are called position units positions. So I'm not gonna get into each individual defensive lineman, I'm not gonna get into each individual offensive lineman. I will tell you which team has the best unit though, but we will definitely get into the players we feel like are the top guys at their position on offense and defense in the NFL. So, real simple for me, we're going to start with the quarterback, your MVP, your Super Bowl MVP, 27 years old, he's already got a crazy resume, he's he's stacking trophies up as we speak. Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, the guy, the number one quarterback going into this season. That's how I will start my team. With the running backs, I will go with Derrick Henry from the Tennessee Titans, King Henry, the Tennessee bully is what I like to call him. He had a kind of a down year last year, got injured towards the end of the season, but you can't deny the talent, the strength, the way he wears down the defense. Throughout the course of a game, I'm I'm taking Derrick Henry in the backfield and I'm taking another running back right next to him. I'm taking Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb may be the number one running back in the NFL going into 2023. So I will take those two in the backfield. At wide receiver, I'm going to go two young boys, two LSU boys. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase from the Cincinnati Bengals. Justin Jefferson, Mr. 98 overall rating on Madden from the Minnesota Vikings on the other side at wide receiver. I don't think there's two better wide receivers in the league right now than these two. They're both young, athletic. Catch radius is crazy. Route running is crazy. They catch over defenders. They make spectacular plays. They can be possession receivers if you need them to be. They can hit go routes. They can hit post routes in and around out they can do everything you need in the route tree i'm taking both of these guys secure hands clutch hands so if i need two wide receivers i want these two young guys they got 10 more years probably in their prime not even there yet scratching the surface i'm going with them and again like i said you guys comment on here facebook youtube TikTok, subscribe you guys comment let me know what you think let me know if you have any position, guys, in mind, we can chop it up and talk about that. I post it on the Facebook and YouTube live page. Now, the tight end, of course, is Travis Kelsey. Gotta go number 87. He is doing the same thing that Mahomes is doing, building that trophy case. I mean, this guy is putting up wide receiver numbers at that. He's redesigning, revamping, redefining the tight end position. When you talk about receptions, touchdowns, from the tight end position year in and year out, Travis Kelsey is at the top of the list. In some people's eyes, he's the best tight end ever. I won't give him that claim yet. To me personally, it's still Gronk. Gronk has more Super Bowls. Gronk has done more in the playoffs. And even if he wasn't injured, I think he would be, in more people's eyes, the best tight end. But Travis Kelsey is making a strong case. If he keeps putting together seasons like this, if he gets one more ring and he puts up another 1,000-yard season, a uh, double-digit touchdown season, it's going to be hard to argue. He might, have to, he might move Gronk out the way when it's all said and done. But if we're talking about right now, 2023, I don't think anybody can argue that Kelsey is the guy at tight end. And then our offensive line we're going to have – Those guys protected by, it's got to be the Philadelphia Eagles offense. Number one rated offensive line in football last year. They bring everybody back this year. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. You know, they got veteran Hall of Fame guys on that offensive line. Maybe three guys that might be first ballot Hall of Famers when it's all said and done. That whole unit is the offensive line with Mahomes at QB, Nick Chubb, Derrick Henry, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey going to be real hard to beat that offense. Dynamic players, runners, everybody's got good hands. You got speed. You got power. You got everything you need in that group right there. So that'll be my my X-factor positions on the offensive side of the ball for the 2023 season. On the defensive side, I'm going to start with the line. I could have used the Philadelphia Eagles defensive line as well for this. It was very close, but I went with the San Francisco 49ers defensive line. Yes. With Nicky Bosa coming back, those boys, they have a solid unit, probably the best unit in the NFC NFL, even though the Eagles are on that side as well. I think the San Francisco 49ers pose a threat to any offense in the league. And with Nick Bosa getting you 20 sacks a season, Defensive Player of the Year, I'm going to go with that unit, the San Francisco 49ers defensive line. Now, let's get into the skill positions. The two linebackers I'm picking, Fred Warner from the San Francisco 49ers, and I'm going to go with Roquan Smith that went to the Baltimore Ravens midseason from the Bears. Two linebackers, sideline to sideline, nasty, hard-hitting, clutch guys. Make all the tackles. They will lead your team in tackles and spectacular plays up the middle. Going with those two guys. They both can run. They can run defend. They can pass defend in the flat. They can do it all. I'm going to go with those two. Roquan Smith and Fred Warner. The two cornerbacks I'm going to go with and I actually seen his dad play age of myself, but Pat Sertain the second for the Denver Broncos, and then I'm gonna go with Sauce Gardner with the New York Jets. The impact that Sauce Gardner made as a rookie last year has put him at the top of the list as one of the best cornerbacks in the game today. And if I want somebody that can play right now in 2023 at the corner position, I'm taking Sauce and Pat, for sure. Yes, there are other names, but I only get two, and those are the two guys I want. I'm going with Pat, and I'm going with Sauce. All right, For the safeties, free safety, strong safety, I'm going to go with Mika Fitzpatrick from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, this guy can cover half the field at the safety position. The cornerbacks are just down there. as a safety valve below. He's got everything up top. He's got Troy Polamalu-like instincts. It's not an accident that he plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers under Mike Tomlin. He saw something in him in, in Miami, had to go get him. And Derwin James of the LA Chargers. A Couple years prior to last season, he was injured. So you really couldn't see the full potential of Derwin James, but anybody who's everybody that watches football know that this dude is a nightmare at the strong safety position. Same as Mika, he covers his side of the field better than anybody else at the strong safety. And if you got Pat Sertain at the bottom and Derwin James over the top, I don't see anybody catching pass on that side of the field. So almost like an all-man team, I might do this every year, an X-Factor elite go-to guys in football. The defensive side, we have 49ers defense. We got Fred Warner and Roquan Smith at your linebackers. You got Pat Surtain and Sauce on the outside at corner and Mika Fitzpatrick and Durham, James as the safeties. Like I said, make sure you guys comment, like, share, subscribe, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, of course. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know what your list would be, who your players would be, who you like, who you think would go. I think personally, the list that I had up there is hard to beat. That's like a Pro Bowl, a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame game right there. (laughs) so I appreciate that shout out to Kev for for tuning in always tuning in, one of the biggest fans of the show appreciate all you guys on TikTok for liking continue to like, share subscribe, we got over 3,000 likes already on TikTok so be sure to run that up, I appreciate you guys when we come back we will get into the NBA side of the X Factor list of players, team one and team two All NBA X Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. Appreciate y'all. Yo, 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 welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. Had a great last segment. If you missed it, we talked about the NFL, our X Factor players going into 2023. We did the offensive side and the defensive side. I feel like it was a great list. The top guys in the league, at their positions going into next year. So what we're going to do in this segment is we're going to talk NBA. We're going to talk the top five, top 10 players at their positions, by position going into the 2023 season. My number one team that we're going to go with the X Factor's first team, the point guard, as you guys should know already, Steph Curry, point guard of Golden State Warriors, going into year 14. It's crazy to think he's already year 14, the babyface assassin. Greatest shooter of all time. He's the point guard of that first team going into next season. The shooting guard, what I'm gonna go with is Devin Booker. I'm gonna go book as my two guard on the first team, side by side with Steph Curry. Ever since the bubble, Devin Booker has been making strides to be a better and better two guard in the league. And for me, he's the best two guard in the league today. Going into 2023, his numbers went up to 30 a game in the playoffs. He's playing at an elite level. He's learned how to score at all three levels. He even defends. He's an underrated defender. He's clutch. He makes free throws. He gives you everything you need in the pick and roll game, in between game, mid range three, three ball, everything. So finishes around the rim. Devin Booker is going to be my two guard, number one two guard going into next season. At the small four position is his running mate, Kevin Durant. KD. When KD is healthy, he is the best basketball player in the world. Seven foot. Can do everything Steph and Devin Booker can do, but he's seven inches taller. <laughs> so anything you need from KD, again, all three levels, 50-40, 90 guy. Unstoppable. I don't see any small forward in basketball better than him. I don't think any player in the world is better than Kevin Durant. When it comes strictly to basketball and playing on the court, when when all is when all things are equal and he's healthy, Kevin Durant's the best player in the world. So he's obviously gonna be the number one small forward and the X factor on the small forward in on that first team. At the power forward, again, easy. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Greek freak. Milwaukee Bucks power forward. Been an MVP, defensive player of the year, NBA champ. Dominant, again, win healthy. One of the most dominant players in basketball from baseline to baseline. He's become a better passer. Needs to work on being a more more consistent shooter, but still, when he wants to dominate a game, he can dominate like nobody else, and there's no one that can stop him from dominating games. So, for that reason, that reason alone, he is my power forward on the first team. My center, Finals MVP, just brought an NBA championship to Denver for the first time in franchise history, the Joker, Nikola Jokic. Again, I don't think anybody can argue who the best center in basketball is. If you want to say Embiid, that's great. I don't think Embiid is better than him in terms of overall skill, but Embiid is a better defender. But when I have Giannis, I don't need Embiid. So for my team, I'm gonna go with the guy that the best big man passer probably ever, or at least since Sabonis and Vlade Divac. Can shoot the ball can make plays for everybody, can dominate when he needs to with his size, can shoot over smaller, smaller defenders. Nikola Jokic is the guy for me. And that's who I would go with. So that's my first team. It's gonna be Steph Curry, Devin Booker, KD, Greek freak Giannis, and Nikola Jokic, the Joker. The second team, of the X-Factors by position going into 2023. My point guard will be Dame Dollar, Damian Lillard. Arguably the best shooter in basketball if it wasn't for Steph. He can do everything Steph can do. Steph just does it more consistent and he wins more. So for that reason, I got to give the nod to Steph as the number one guy. But Dame Dollar is my number two point guard in the league on that second team. That's the point guard I want. At the two-guard, some people may be surprised, but this guy went over to Cleveland and took over, showed he can dominate the game at a high level for a full season, lead the Cleveland Cavaliers to the playoffs, put up 71 this year. Donovan Mitchell, young up-and-coming two-guard, but when I look across the league and look at shooting guards, yes, Paul George can get some nods. Bradley Beal, I'm going with Donovan Mitchell, though donovan mitchell is a dog the dude plays every night he plays hard he plays to win and like i said he's turning into a walking bucket so donovan mitchell is who i'm taking going into 2023 as the number two two guard at small forward if this guy is in number one it's because of kd he's definitely number two jason tatum small forward from the boston celtics again went to an nba final lives in the playoffs, stays in the Easter Conference Finals almost every year with his running mate, Jalen Brown. I'm taking Jason Tatum as the second best small forward in basketball, and he's not even 25 years old yet. So his future is bright, as bright as it can get. I'm taking Jason Tatum as my small forward. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know who your five are. If you got a debate, an argument, a rebuttal to any of these on my list that's fine, that's what this show's about. Fan interaction. So, so far, we got Dame Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum at the three, at the four, Pascal Siakam out of Toronto. Yes, that may surprise a lot of people about Pascal Siakam, but I'm giving him the nod. He made the third team all NBA this year with forwards. You got to remember, there are Since there's three teams, but forwards can get snubbed real easy because there's two forwards on every team. So he is, according to the NBA, according to the media and votes and all that, he's a top six forward in basketball if he made the third team. I'm putting him on my second team as my power forward because when you look at the likes of an Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, they're they're inconsistent, they're injury-prone, you're gonna get 50 games out of AD. You're gonna get 60 games out of Carl Anthony Towns. Now, going into this season, when you have to play a certain amount of games to get all NBA consideration, yes, this may be one of those times where they may play a full season or they may play longer than they've done in the past. But going into the season, the campaign that Pascal Siakam put together in Toronto last season, putting up 23, 8, and 5 at the power forward position. Now with Fred VanVleet moving on to Houston with a new coaching staff in Toronto, I think that he will be the franchise guy. Everything will go through Siakam with Scotty Barnes as his backup, his running mate. I feel like Siakam's going to have an even bigger year this year. That's why I got him as my power forward. At center, of course, Joel Embiid from... The Philadelphia 76ers is my second center. And he rounds out the second team with top 10 players in basketball at their positions. The reigning MVP, Joel Embiid. So, I basically just answered the question for you guys. The top 10 guys in the NBA by position. We got Steph, Book, KD, Giannis, Jokic, Dane, Donovan Mitchell, Tatum, Siakam, Embiid. Yes, I'm sure questions will be asked. Where is Luka Doncic? Where is LeBron James? Where is AD? Where is, you know, all these other guys that can be considered. Kawhi Leonard. The reason I didn't put them on the list is very simple. We're going into 2023. Luka Doncic is an amazing player, skilled player. His basketball hasn't translated into winning yet. And yes, you can say, yeah, Dane played on the team they hadn't won, didn't go anywhere. But I need more out of Luka Doncic for me personally. Maybe he would have been the third point guard, but as far as top two guys, I'm not taking him over Dane or Steph Curry, based on the body of work and what they've already brought to the table. Luka's on his way. He's still got a lot of work to do. We'll see what happens with him and Kyrie in Dallas. Not a top two guy. LeBron. LeBron is in year 21, coming into 2023. He is going to be 39 years old. He just doesn't have the stamina or the ability to be better than the top two small forwards in basketball. And that's no disrespect to a LeBron James. But I feel like when people talk about LeBron now, they talk about his career. It's more of a legacy conversation. Same thing was happening with Brady when Brady was on his way out. Everybody, if you say something like Mahomes or you say a Jalen Hurts or you say even an Aaron Rodgers, um, Joe Burrow is better than Brady, people look at you sideways. It's like, you guys got to understand the moment. We're not talking about Tom Brady's career. Their careers aren't better, but right now, playing football, they are better quarterbacks than he is at this moment. Same goes for LeBron. Nobody has a better or more illustrious career than LeBron playing in the NBA right now. Not even close. However, well, some people are close. You look at Steph. We're going to have a debate about, we're going to have a topic about that too, about whose era this was, really. We'll get it out when the NBA season starts. But for LeBron, Right now, at this point in his career, he's not the best small forward. He's not the second best small forward in basketball. If I really dig down deep, he's probably not even the third best small forward in basketball today. But again, people are going to come at you and talk about his career. They're going to look at it through the eyes of what he his body of work. We are not talking about body of work here on the X Factor Sports Podcast. When you retire, we will talk about your body of work. Like we gave the tribute to Melo a couple episodes back because he retired. We will talk about your career when it's all said and done. We talk about right now playing. It was a no-brainer to leave him off any of those lists. Simple as that. If I'm building a team and I need 10 guys, I don't see 10 guys better than the 10 I named. And that's why those will be the X factors by position going into next season. When you look at these teams that they play for, Golden State, the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, Denver Nuggets, wherever Dame Lillard goes, the Cleveland Cavs, Boston Celtics, Toronto Raptors, and the Philadelphia 76ers. When you think of those teams, if you remove those players off those teams, they don't make the playoffs. They may get in the play-in, they don't get close to winning a championship. That's why it's called an X factor by position. Those are the best players on those teams at those positions. And that's why we like to keep it that way. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, comment on the list. And I will respond to you guys. Make sure you check us out, X-Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back with the favorite segment, the two-minute warning. This is Jay Mondain, the X-Factor Sports Podcast. We'll be right back. to unleash your inner sports fan with the x-factor sports podcast join us every wednesday night for live exclusive content on our youtube facebook and tiktok accounts our expert host dives into the latest sports news and analysis to give you the inside scoop on the games you love don't miss out on the excitement subscribe to the x-factor sports podcast now Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the X Factor Sports Podcast. This is your host, Jay Mondane. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the show. Hope you guys had a great time. I'm having a great time. Appreciate you guys for tapping in. Be sure to like, share, subscribe on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube or Facebook, there's a QR code up in the top left corner. You can scan that. It'll give you access to the YouTube page where you can subscribe. You will get notified when the episodes go live. Also, you'll be notified when I put in weekly shorts. Shorts are like 30-second previews, commercials, blurbs, comments, highlights of any comments or topics that I talk about on the X-Factor Sports Podcast. All right. So, before we head out, Let's talk about something here real quick. Let's talk about how preparation eliminates fear. So a lot of you athletes out there, a lot of you business men and women out there who have an anxiety, have fear of moving forward. You have a fear of setting goals, a fear of getting to that next level at whatever sport or whatever position you're in. Just always remember that Preparation eliminates the fear. When you prepare for something, when you practice it, it eliminates that doubt that you may have because you're getting it down pat. You're learning, you're getting a routine, and that's what life is about. Trying to get rid of those fears, being able to live with a sense of freedom by preparing yourself for the things you want to do in life. Fear is a normal emotion to have. Fear may show that you care about something. If you have anxiety, jitters, all the way through college, up into the, till I played in the ABA, I was nervous before every game. But it was a, it was a good nervousness. It was a, you know, kind of a, bubbles in the stomach, for what's to come. Like, everything that I prepared for up until that game, I wanted to unleash it. So it was a little more of an excite nervousness. So that is always normal. But people are afraid to find new careers relationships, investments, et cetera, whatever it may be. But if you prepare yourself and you prepare yourself in a positive outcome, the fear will start to dissipate. So it's like being in a practice. You know you got a game to play. The other team may know what you're doing. The other team may not know. But if you continue to practice that, it's gonna eliminate any of that doubt that you have because you will be prepared to go into that setting knowing that you've done everything that you can do to get things done. So preparation answers the questions you had, and it removes the doubt. So any questions you have, if you're questioning yourself, what moves you should make, what things you should do, lay it all out, prepare yourself, and that'll remove a lot of that doubt from you. This is why athletes practice, this is why they work out, this is why they have routines, is to eliminate the fear. So just remember, prepare yourself for what life has coming towards you in a positive outcome, and you'll get positive results. I appreciate you guys for tapping in today. This is Jay Bondane of the X Factor Sports Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week, episode 11, here on Wednesday nights on YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. Producer Miss D will be back. Shout out to her. Appreciate her always for tuning in and for helping out. I appreciate you guys for watching. This is the X Factor Sports Podcast signing out. Peace.